Left. Right. Yo, what's up? Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sip Talk. Today we are talking about my recent trip to Mexico and what's led us into a discussion about third world countries. Um, either way, don't drink the water, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 All right. Welcome to episode 47, Tip Talk. Today we got James, the Bosonator, accountant extraordinaire, philosopher, bartender, professional referee. We got Andres Vitagliator, supplier of drinks, connoisseur, sommelier. Um, we are drinking Wild Basin Boozy Sparkly Water. Wait. It's brand new. There's no alcohol in here. Oh, yeah, there is. Oh, there's some alcohol in here. All right. On that note, uh, James, what are you drinking down there? I am drinking Johnny Walker Red on the Rocks. All right. Nice. Didn't, weren't you beefing with Johnny Walker Red the other day? Yeah. Like, no, I was beefing on. Uh, well, I was kind of shitting on Dewar's white, white label a little bit, but um, no, I was drinking Seagram Seven before, which is terrible compared to Johnny Walker Red. Uh, I will, I will agree with you there. So, uh, quick update: you were asking me about the trip to Tulum, and that was a wonderful Tulum. trip. Tulum, Tulum, surprise trip. Yeah, not Tulum. Yeah, Tulum. Tulum. What did I say? Tulum. Excuse the shit out of me. Either way, surprise trip. Didn't know where I was going. Flew into the... I didn't even look at the tickets. Uh, Same here. I didn't know where I was going. And then I woke up and I was like, shit, I'm in New York. How did you not know where you were flying if you're standing at the boarding gate that says to Tulum, Mexico? I, uh, you know... No, because it said to Cancun, but I was told I wasn't going to Cancun specifically. That was the local airport here. Cheers on this. Uh, either way, wonderful trip. I stayed in a luxury treehouse. Uh, drinks there cost more... Than they do in Manhattan, and uh, the food was very comparable to how it is in Manhattan. It was definitely, um, definitely a really, really great place. Um, I did spend the last twenty-four to thirty-six hours in a lot of pain, uh, potential food poisoning. I don't know. The sound hurt me. The light hurt me. Everything just seemed to inflict pain on me at that point. Um, I don't know, maybe the fish tacos that sat out in the sun a little too, too long on the beach. But, uh, but outside of that, it was a wonderful trip, uh, a great surprise, and a nice way to spend my birthday. So um, that's going to give us a little direction today. And I want to talk about the difference in living in third world countries and living in places like, uh, um, like the U.S., because I think really we got some major... Uh, major differences a lot of people don't realize them yeah, uh, you guys have clean water to begin with and you take that for granted yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't have that. somebody somebody a while back i i, I don't know it was a uh, post or a comment i read um it was like a comedy routine but it was relatively serious and she's like you guys 
clean your bodies in, in fresh drinkable water. Oh, it was that uh, monologue with this... Uh, uh, I think she was from India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, definitely some major differences. Yeah. Uh, James, you wanted to talk about dictatorship. Well, we'll, we'll parlay into that. Okay. Um, but what's going on? What's happened last week? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. Um, not much. Last week, we were just... At the at the firm, we were burning hard trying to make the Thursday deadline, and um, I, I got all my work done. It was hectic on Thursday, and then Friday, pretty much all the partners took the day off because they had worked harder than I did, and they deserved it. And Friday, it was like half the office was there, and it was super chill. I had a beer at my desk at 10.45 in the morning. <laughs> Sounds like me at the airport. Yeah, and then this weekend, worked some soccer games, and now I'm back at it. And in like 36 hours, I'll be on a flight to Sacramento. Nice, nice. Uh, we'll talk. Let's let's connect with that uh, in a minute because you wanted to connect with anybody in California. So we'll talk about that. We'll throw your, we'll throw yep. your details in there. Um, but I got a question for you. And this is a good one. What about air travel makes it okay to consume alcohol at like 7.50 in the morning? Like I, I, I rolled up to the airport, walked by the bar. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, let me let me stop for a quick Aperol spritz. We're getting on a plane in a minute. I had an Aperol spritz, I think uh, a Bloody Mary, and uh, something else. They had like a little special drink, and it was by nine o'clock in the morning. I had three drinks. I have a theory on this actually, <laughs> which is that international waters where there's not, no not I don't think so. Like no, yeah, in, in between the custom gates, but yeah. I, my is that airports exist outside of time. What, like casinos? Similar, um, because especially large international airports, um, you might have people that are traveling or in between flights or whatever. So if you're, let's say you're flying from, I don't know, England to L.A. So you might go from London to JFK to LAX. So JFK is going to be your in-between. And so, like, it doesn't even matter what time it is in New York City because it doesn't matter to you because it's not going to be the time zone that you're from or the one that you're going to. And so I think just when you get to an airport, you're not really doing anything. Like, as soon as you get to the airport, you only just need to be able to walk onto the airplane. That's it. (laughs) So your responsibilities are at a functional minimal. So... Yeah, like, no, I, I agree with you. Time doesn't really apply because, like, flight attendants and stuff work crazy schedules. Pilots work crazy schedules. A lot of people there are in a different time zone than what they're used to. So I just that airports exist outside of time. And so as soon as you get into an airport, you feel like you've stepped into a time bubble and normal societal expectations as to when it's okay and not okay to drink just disappear. I mean, like, I, I think I, this was two years ago. I had to fly out, like, after I visited you, we, um, I had to fly out of JFK early in the morning. I think my flight was, like, at 6.30 or something in the morning is when it left. So I had to be at the airport at, like, 5.15. So we went out, and we stayed out until 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> drinking. And so, and then you were nice enough to buy me uh, a shuttle to the airport so I didn't have to, like, eat, like navigate early morning subway <laughs> oh, while yeah. drunk. Um, <laughs> yeah. But whatever the case is, I show up to the airport and it took between the time from when like we left the bar 
till when I got to the airport, I had gone about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes without having actually probably closer to an hour and a half after I got through security with no alcohol in me. It's now, I don't know, 5.15 in the morning and I just want a drink and I go up to the bar and they're like, yeah, we're not serving anymore. I was pissed. <laughs> like, I thought, this, I thought, like, what are you, what are you guys doing here? You're in an airport. You always have alcohol. Well, I've been in the airport before all the restaurants are open and that is a, that is an absolute, I, I've been to the airport one time I got there, it was a smaller terminal, and it was too early before they were letting anybody in, any check-ins or any security, and it was a miserable, miserable place. It's just, it's funny to think of an airport with anything closed, because I guess you really do look at it as like a, a, a time warp, and I can't see how time, I mean, yeah, time, if you're, if you're passing through an airport, time really doesn't matter. If you're, you know, if you're arriving at an airport, the local time, or you're departing from an airport, um, but if you're transiting through an airport, time really does not exist. And then again, it also depends on the amount of time that you travel. If you are a person that travels on like a monthly basis, then yeah, you get used to the fact that, uh, well, I can get to an airport at 9 a.m. and get a drink and whatever. If you are like a once in a year kind of traveler, just the experience of going to an airport is majestic. It happened to me the first time that I traveled, which was like five years ago, when I came to the US. And for me, that was something unique, something special. I never thought about the alcohol or anything. Then as soon as I started traveling twice a year, I was like, well, it's a six, seven, eight hour flight. Might as well get wasted. So I don't, you know, I'll just go to the airplane and just pass out. So alcohol is more expensive inside the airport for sure compared to well, everything is because yeah, you can't exactly. bring anything in. So like they can charge you at like 20%, 200%, I don't know, more yeah. than you normally would pay. Like we've done the research, like why can't I bring my Coke into the like past security? Well, it might explode, but we've done the research and um, yeah, dollar fifty Cokes won't explode, but the $4 ones, those ones are safe. <laughs> oh man. I, uh, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of flying though. So I do, uh, I definitely like to have a few drinks before getting on a plane. It just, and I, I, I like to be passed out by the time we take off. So, you know, usually three, four drinks will be enough that I could just put my head back and, and I'm out by the time we take off. Um, so but uh let's let's talk about some third world countries what what would you say are the major differences what's distinguishing a third i don't even think third world country is political politically correct it, it was at one point developing nations. Uh, first world oh, yeah, there used to be first world second world and third world and first world were basically westernized democracies second world countries were the soviet union and its satellites and then the third world was pretty much everything else so when I thought that uh, calling a third world country was politically correct, because I thought that you were supposed to call them uh, developing countries or something like oh, that. Oh, it's shifted towards I that now. Third world country, and you know, I can say that I, I can call my country a third world country because it is a third world country. Uh, and one of the, the the main probably things is water. You guys have water here to do everything that you want. You can. I see people literally just leaving, opening a pipe and just let it run, you know, especially in the summer here in the city, it gets super warm, super hot, then you just go there and open a, a sprinkler. And yeah, just, the fire, a fire. I learned yeah. at, a, at a young age that uh, 
clean water is a finite resource, a super finite resource, and that it's just a good moral thing to do to not use a lot of it. And sure, you know, you could leave, as long as you have good drainage, you could leave your, your sinks and your taps on, your bathtub on 24 seven, for the most part, I don't think you would have any issues, but it's just kind of a shitty. Your water bill might be a little high. Sure, but not, not in an apartment, York. not in New York City. Not in New York. Right? Um, uh, is, is that just included in the rent? Yeah. yeah, but the way I look at it, it's like not lifting the seat when you're in a unisex bathroom. Or not lifting the seat in general, and even in the men's. Because it's just kind of a shitty thing to do, or pissy thing to do. Um, the, the morally right thing to do is you lift the seat. And the morally right thing to do is something we go from water to. No, the, the, what I'm saying is, you know, you're brushing your teeth. You should shut off the yeah. the water, um, and you know, you you shouldn't take super long showers, um, and you you know, you shouldn't let the hose run forever and ever. So. I would let the hose run. Really. <laughs> um, but. Uh, but I would say water supply, clean water supply, really big differentiation. Um, I would also say the power uh, supply, the electricity that you guys have. You well, also, well, I'm making a list, and you guys are kind of hitting on one of them. 24 um, in in Ecuador, for example, there are some times that literally the governor the governor will be like, okay, from uh, 7 p.m. till 8 p.m. there's gonna be a power outage you know and you guys are not gonna have any 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 power in that in the time here in new york city when something like that happens people go crazy they go like what the fuck i'm paying taxes for this i'm doing this i'm doing that and whatever whatever, whatever. you know and in a third world country uh so ecuador that's a common thing that's something normal that's something that is supposed to happen especially on the in the wind in the summer and there's like a lot of uh, rain, a lot of these things, uh, you know, things like that tend to happen a lot. Yeah, well, there's play, there's places throughout the U.S. where you you shouldn't. They don't let you water your. <laughs> they don't let you water your grass, which, which is something that third world country would not would not think of doing. Uh, I mean, maybe you water like yeah, some small flowers, but, uh, but yeah, you're not watering your lawn in a third world country. So, All right, I got a list. All right, I I, I, I want to go with this. Let's see. All right, so this spitballing characteristics of third world countries. So I'd say, in particular order, a weak or unstable government, um, kind of widespread corruption, yeah, um, poor public services. So you guys already kind of talked about like power and water services being inconsistent. Mm -hmm. I would say kind of an exaggerated inequity in the economy there's a big difference between the very poor and the very rich and maybe there's more poverty in general but there's a certain few people that are extremely rich so higher wealth inequality i would also say going along with that a non-diversified economy where the bulk of the country's economy is in one particular industry most often in some kind of a natural resource such mm -hmm. as oil or agriculture or other natural resources like diamond or gold mining or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I would say 
poor infrastructure. So bad roads, this kind of goes along with the public services, but just poor infrastructure in general. And then I would say generally higher civil or military unrest and like a larger military presence, a lot more militarized country. Okay. Those are the but, ones that I was able to come up with. So I, I like those. Let's, I just want to touch a little more and expand on, on each of those. You have the list in front of you. So remind me again the first one. Is it public? Weak, weak and unstable government. Okay, weak and... Uh, that was the first one you gave? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Venezuela, for example, case in point. It used to be... It was supposed to be called the uh, Sweden of uh, South America because uh, in the 80s yeah. and late, early 90s, it was the richest country in South America. And look at it now. It's, it's just nothing compared to what it was. People are dying of hungry. People are. But that happened. That happened. That happened very quickly. It's super quickly. And well, that has to. So, well, Venezuela move. hits a lot of these. Weak and unstable yeah. government, corruption, mm-hmm. public services used to be good, but now they're poor. Inequity in the economy, non-diversified, non-diversified economy. The nation depends almost entirely on oil, oil revenues. Yeah. Poor infrastructure, largely because of the poor public services and the government, and then civil and military unrest for sure. I, Venezuela ticks every single one of those boxes. Exclam. Yeah. So, so hit the next one there. So weak, unstable government. Next one is going to be just corruption. Where if you want government to work for you, then you're going to need to pay a lot of money under the table to the officials that can make something happen. You get yeah. pulled over by the police. You want to get out of the ticket. It's going to cost you a hundred bucks. That is just going to the policeman. Well, you want to. You I want. Was- you want to get a. You want to get a driver's license when you go to the DMV. If you want to get to the front of the line, you pay somebody 50 bucks. You want your license, it's another 25 bucks for them to actually process it. Not to the government, but to the person doing it. I can tell you from firsthand experience, trying to register a vehicle in DR, Dominican Republic, you have to hang out at the, you got to hang out at the DMV. You got to find somebody who works there, who's, looks like they're going in. They got, you got to give them money. They're going to talk to somebody else. You got to slip that person money where you got to give the first person money to give to the next person and hope they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times they'll go in for an hour and you just got to stand there and wait. Um, the same thing goes for being pulled over. One of my, uh, one of my biggest fears was driving around DR and getting stopped because they have police checkpoints every 20 miles or so, maybe on the highway, sometimes less. And the highways are kind of shit anyways. But they have checkpoints, and you got a. There's a bunch of speed bumps. Are you familiar with this? I don't know if you had that next. Yeah. yeah. So you roll through. There's some rumble strips, and they'll, they'll and they're usually standing there with uh, automatic weapons, and uh, they'll stop you if they find a. You know, they can think of any reason to exploit you. So I ended up buying a movie prop police badge, and when I would roll through, I would just put it in the window and and salute the guys and roll through. Uh, but I was terrified because I didn't speak Spanish. So I was afraid they were going to pull me over, harass yeah, me, like DEA, DEA, and, and and lock me up. Luckily, also to a degree, I could pass for a police officer, so so that helps. Ninety-nine uh, percent of the time. So I just had a movie prop uh, NYPD badge, and I would roll through with that. So uh, so I can attest to it being very corrupt, and uh, you know I remember. Uh, my friend got locked up one night because they didn't like where we were parked. The police officer wanted, it was a totally legal spot. The police officer just wanted to take that spot. 
and he got in an argument saying, why do you, it's not even, it's just down the street. And the guy's like, I want to park there and move the car. Um, and ultimately we moved the car, but he arrested him and put him in jail for the night. So, I mean, just, just, I can attest to all those reasons firsthand. Yeah, and you have to understand that South American countries and jail systems are nothing like the U.S. There's n like literally, if you go there and spend one night, it's like the worst thing that happens to you. People throw you. Well, people aren't being taken. You know, prisoner. Uh, what's the word? Comfort. Prisoner comfort isn't really. Uh, it's it's not a thing in probably the rest yeah. of the world. So I can only imagine. Uh, it's, I don't think it's really a thing here either, though. Yeah, but at least you guys have fucking, you know, civil rights, human rights. Yeah, the, the human rights are a little yeah. better here. Um, Far people, better. Like, people get a, better. yeah. People get a lot more when they're in jail. People are getting let let out early because of coronavirus, and um, you know, I don't know. And maybe there's some diversity in, in the food menu there. I don't know. I don't. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for me, uh, unfortunately for this topic, I don't, I don't know much about the food in jail, um, in prison. I can tell you about the food in jail, but not in prison. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all right. So next, so so uh, next one. Public services lacking. We already kind of talked about that, and that's just oh, going to be bad. In, like power is is inconsistent. Water's maybe not clean or not. You maybe you don't have running water at all. So so yeah. Uh, util bad utilities. Uh, water not hygienic. So next word. Did you have running drinkable water? Yeah, not drinkable water. You have running, running water. water. Yeah, you have holes and everything, you know, that you can use for whatever. Like, in the best case scenarios, like, on the richest part of Ecuador, because Ecuador has, like, the richest, richest part. And as you said before, either you are super poor or you are super rich. And when you're super rich, we're talking about oil kind of rich, like a lot of money kind of rich. Like, you can buy your way out of any situation. Uh, so when you're there... And you have that amount of money, you can buy anything that you want. You can have as many things as you want, but for just certain amount of people. So when you leave that specific location, you go to a different location where there's not as many things as you had before. You see the actual thing, like the actual corruption. You see the streets that are completely destroyed. Uh, you don't have uh, clean, clean, drinkable water. You, you might not even have a the electric supply or you know, well, let's things. let's talk about the electric supply and, and how it makes its way to the houses. Mm -hmm. um, there's local power plants, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but they're just not as robust, and probably the technology there and the hardware that they're using yeah. probably isn't as solid as what we have here. Yeah. Um, but same thing with water. A lot. Of, do you collect rainwater, or you, do you have a actual city water that comes through? It comes from uh, rivers. It comes from rivers. It gets clean. It gets treated in the best case scenarios, or otherwise you can just get it from the river if it hasn't been contaminated yet. Uh, there are some parts in Ecuador that there are still collecting rainwater, and it's the fucking 21st century, and you're still collecting rainwater. And it's no longer the rainwater that you had in the 1800s. It's the rainwater that you have right now with this you know, technology. You have pollution. You have all of these <laughs> mines being exploded, all of these copper mines, gold mines, and, you know, uh, mines being exploded, and all of it goes into the air, and then you collect that as water. Uh, actually, there's a problem now in Ecuador with Chevron. I don't know if you've heard this, uh, James. Uh, Chevron did a huge, huge uh, 
Producer Scandal yeah, in South America, and they got away with it. Uh, that case has been wick working its way through the court courts for probably at least a decade now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it happened in the '90s, and the guy that actually is an American guy that went all the way there, and he was a a lawyer, and he actually got the case out. But the uh, Chevron was like, we have the money and the resources to keep postponing, you know, the uh, the trial. We don't want this to go into international court because if they go into international court or an American court, they knew that they couldn't do anything because there is actually justice in the U.S. court or the international courts. They cannot break the international courts or the U.S. court. Unlike Ecuador, that you can go there and be like, listen, I'll give you a million dollars. Just keep it quiet, keep it going. It's a lot cheaper to give you a million dollars rather than paying a billion dollars in damages. Yeah, and I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure yeah. they're like so, but but what I, the point that I want to drive home is just imagine, and I would say for the vast viewership or listenership of, of us, not that it's that vast, we're working on it, but uh, imagine going two hours a day or maybe more or maybe less, but right on a regular basis with no electricity. No internet, no Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is that you use. Yeah, so so there's, I mean, it interrupts the work that we do because when we've had internet issues in the office, yeah. we Everything basically shut down. People go home, even if even if the internet's working, but it's spotty, people freak out and have mental breakdowns in the office. Uh, and you know that's electricity. So, uh, I mean, and like last week, I actually went to his place. We had a couple of drinks. I stayed at his place. I got dehydrated because we ordered too many chicken. I ate a lot of that chicken, and then I got dehydrated. I woke up at I don't know, 3, 4 a.m. And I went to his kitchen. There was no water. And he had, I don't know, patsies or something like that. I don't drink sodas. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to drink water out of the, out of the uh, sink. Perfectly fine. Perfectly yeah, he he yeah. just drank out of the out of the spigot in the sink. So like, it's not What's wrong with that? Yeah. Unlike, yeah. They, we literally have that saying, like, New York City water is the cleanest water in the world. And it's fine. Whenever you go to a restaurant and you get tap water, you get it out of the sink. It's not that you get filter water from this special machine or bottled water. No, it's, it just comes from the sink. So, um, okay. So, so hit me, hit me with the next one on, on your list there. Inequity in the economy. So, Andres already talked about how in Ecuador, you're either super poor or you're super rich. There's not much of a middle class. The wealth distribution is heavily striated yeah what uh, what comments are we getting right now by the way we should address so, yeah, let, me, let me just hit some comments because we get michelle who who uh has definitely got a great point of view she was she was on last time uh um, she the one from south africa yes yes a friend of mine bribed a cop with mcdonald's one night when we got pulled over that's that's not bad uh and that's yeah that's a pretty uh, cheap ticket um some people want to go back to prison because they have a roof over their head and three meals a day. Uh, do people get arrested in Ecuador and then 12 hours later, 12 hours later, they're back on the streets? If you have the money, you can live in the same exact hour that you got in. If you yeah. have power, you don't even need to touch the, uh, the gel. You go like, listen, this is my name. And yeah, there are the specific names. Like, for example, in Mexico, if your last name is Salinas, Gortari, um, what's the other guy's name? Um, Slim, you will never go to jail. 
you just say your last name and they'll be like, okay, we have a certain, you know, because uh, they are actually the ones that command the whole country itself. They are the ones who actually have the money to pay all of these people. Uh, so in Ecuador, the exact same thing happens, like in every South American country. If you have uh, a last name that is pretty powerful, you're like, this and this is my last name, this is my dad's last name, whatever, I'll, I'll pay you whatever and just let me go. Yeah, but, but also I feel like we have the same thing happening here in in the in New York with all the crackheads on the streets, but that's a different thing. Yeah. It is a different thing, and it's the opposite end of it. Yeah. But they're uh, they're basically you know they can't be charged. They're going into uh, you know they're, they're under arrest, but then they're going into hospitals you know because they have overdoses and things like that, or they have mental health issues, and then the hospitals releasing them, and they're not being booked. You know, that's... I've always looked that we need more Giuliani into this place. We need some Giuliani back into the city. Just, well, I, you know, think, um, I think that if, if it gets worse, I think that will be the direction the general public will push for. Yeah. But I think right now the general public is still pushing against that. So, but I do think there's a good chance it will be moving in that direction in the future if things continue to get worse. I mean, it's super bad now that we go out there. We can even go out. Like, my, my friend came here three weeks ago, and she came with uh, her son. And her son saw a guy doing heroin on the streets. Literally, he was, you know, poking himself with the middle. And, you know, like, and he asked me, what is he doing? And I was like, you know, he, he has diabetes, and he's just using a needle to, you know, to inject himself, himself with insulin. What am I going to tell yep. you, nine-year-old? Like, uh, okay. Yeah. You got pretty deep with that one already. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So what else do you have on, on the police there, on policing? Oh, I didn't say anything about policing. We already talked about corruption. That's pretty much it. I talked about wealth. Like wealth inequality is just that it, like the, way that it, the way that the third world economies are structured, it's very hard to be middle class. Well, I think I, I really feel that we're going in that direction in the u.s the reason why i believe south america is so corrupt is because of the lack of education and the fact that when you are a guy when you're a male born they your family will rather send you to work at a young age let's see let's say 15 16 17 year old rather than invest on you the amount of money that you need to invest on a kid send him to college and that way he can actually learn something and in south america traveling is really expensive it's not like the u.s where you can get a ticket to go from cali to new york for 70 dollars i don't know where europe. you're getting 70 dollar tickets or or europe you have Ryanair, which is super cheap whereas you know you have the ability to actually travel in south america to go from peru to colombia is at least 400 dollars in ecuador with the economy that we have we don't have that kind of money you know, and by not traveling, you don't expand your horizons. You don't expand your mind. You don't, you cannot learn other cultures, other points of views and things like that. And that's what I believe education is the reason why South America is super corrupt. Because when you see a thousand dollars, you're like, oh my fucking God, I've never seen that amount of money in my life. So I'm going to take that bribe and, you know, just keep my mouth quiet. And if you keep bribing people left and right, you can keep them quiet for the rest of their lives. 
Yeah. I think your frame of reference in New York City is a little bit tilted, though, because there are large parts of the United States where the vast majority of the people there have never really traveled outside of their own state. Yeah, like even like if you wanted to. Yeah, but you could get a round trip to some theme park or something. At you know, I'm I'd see flights, uh, you know, my inbox for like twenty four dollars. Uh, actually, more you know, my inbox, but my my spam filters and stuff. Um, but but travel for us is pretty inexpensive, and you're not if you're not too picky with where you're going. Yeah, you have Subway. Um, you have uh, what's his name? Um, what's the name of this? Uh, so so what else? No, no, oh, Subway. Spirit. Spirit. Yes, Spirit Airlines. Which is oh like yeah, well, best thing ever. And you know you cannot complain. Spend the extra money and fly on JetBlue instead. So the first time I flew, the only time I flew on Spirit Airlines, um, the flight attendant didn't charge me for any drinks. And, That's a win-win situation on my book. And then asked if she could stay with me when she's in New York. All right. So I can see why you're a fan of Spirit Airlines. Uh, no, that, that was the reason why I'm not a, not a fan of Spirit Airlines. Why? Yeah. She gave you free alcohol and she gave you free I, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I, uh, she was not good. It wasn't, she was fine. No, it it wasn't that. It just didn't, one, it probably wasn't very tactful, but, but two, you know, I wasn't. Justin, I don't know you anymore. (laughs) What happened to you? It's a long long time, not that long ago, but a few years back. And, uh, but I was, you know, I, I, it just, Maybe I, I was in such discomfort at the end of the flight from sitting in the plastic, the plastic, you know. Bro, she gave you alcohol. She didn't charge you for any alcohol. I'll be fine with that. And especially she tells me, can I stay in your place? I'll be like, fuck yeah. You can stay in my place yeah. every day. 24 7. Yeah, we're going to have to question some motivations here. Fat, no fat shaming, by the way. It's just my preference. Uh, if she wasn't fat, I'll be like, cool. Let's go. Let's get it. I, so you got free drinks, free pussy. I, I didn't say I, I took up on the offer. What what I'm saying? You're up on the free drinks at least. <laughs> well, but uh, it just it just didn't seem very classy to me, and it and it really kind of put the airline. Why not be that class? <laughs> but it solidified the entire experience for me. Really, drinks were nice. The drinks were a really nice touch. But that's the selling point. If she gives you free alcohol, just take it and take it with you. Okay. Well, anyways, we're 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 getting completely off topic now. So, do do we miss anything on the list so far? Poor infrastructure and um, oh, non-diversified economy. So, a lot of these third-world countries are going to tend to have an economy that's concentrated in one particular area. Normally, it's going to be some kind of a natural resource. Yeah, Venezuela has the the dependence on oil. It's oil. Yeah, it's literally but you, the country with the most reserves of oil, and yet they cannot process that oil. They cannot refine that oil right now. It's more expensive for them to refine that oil that they have rather than to buy it from other countries. You know? Well, that's because they heavily subsidize oil sales within their own country. So, but whatever the case is, that's that's just a common feature. Um, it, it's usually yeah. what it makes you unstable, also. Yeah, because you're you're kind of at the whims of whatever the global market prices are for that one particular resource. So if oil takes a dive, there goes your whole economy. If gold prices go down and your your economy is based on gold mining, well, tough luck. Um, 
So where? But the reason why is like natural resources don't require an educated workforce to extract. Yeah. Yeah, but where do we stand as a U.S.? Because I feel like we could be sliding on that a little bit. No, you guys have. No, our our economy is still heavily diversified. Super diversified. You have technology. You're literally, literally the leading. I mean, we have tech, agriculture, manufacturing. You guys you, have fracking. That's why Venezuela went into a recession because you guys invented fracking. You fucked up half of the Midwest, but who cares about it? Uh, no, that, that fracking had virtually no impact on that. I mean, what was it? Uh, lake Flanagan? What was it? Lake. There was a lake that got poisoned with. Uh, gas and whatever it was uh beats me what i'm saying is that the the united states expansion of fracking and the shale oil boom especially in like the alberta tar sands and stuff like that has had minimal impact on on the economy of venezuela the the price of oil and everything is far more complicated than the small amount of supply that the united states contributes to the overall global global output um you can look at the Middle East and Russia and OPEC nations in general, and Venezuela is part of OPEC as them controlling the supply. But with coronavirus hitting and everything, global oil demand dropped by a ton. True. And it's a lot harder to just throttle supply on, on a whim because all of, all of these, all the drivers of supply are heavily momentum based. It's not something that you can just immediately turn the spigot off on an oil well. Yeah, well, that's there was a uh, Flint. That was the name of it. You're thinking Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. Michigan. They had uh, literally a lake completely covered in soothing gas and whatever. And whenever you you used to open a, a water, whatever, uh, gas will literally pour out of it. You can literally uh, light that on fire, you know. So those are the, the, the side effects of fracking, which I believe is great. And you, know, you can get a lot of gas and whatever. There's also a, a side effect. There's also a thing. Okay, but that uh, what I'm saying is that that didn't have much of an impact on global oil prices. Sure. So we had a, we had a negative cost in, uh, in global oil, right? For a little while? Mm, that was, no. That was um, for a short-term oils contract, and this was really this was a market inversion because the way that the oil contract, the oil futures contracts was these were expirations, and this was about two days before the contract expiration. And if you held the contract, you you were agreeing to take physical delivery. This wasn't just like I own the rights to it or whatever. You actually had to go and have like a, a truck or a tanker to be able to take the delivery of the oil. Yeah, yeah. And so it just so happened that there was a squeeze on the market that happened to coincide with a, with an options contract expiration date where there were not enough people in the supply chain to be able to take this physical delivery. And so it was it was really an aberration. It, and the, the price quickly corrected back to a low price, but at least a positive price where people would be paying money to take oil. Sure. It was yeah. a very short-term thing where people just were like, I don't even have the trucks to be able to take it. You can't give it to me because I have nowhere to put it. Well, <clears throat> I will say that the, it, there was an amount of time. I don't know what it was like in South Carolina, but here in New York where traffic is usually pretty bad all the time, 
Um, I will say that there was a period of time, maybe late March, where like no one was on the road. And it was a weird place to be to go out driving around when we were right in the beginning of this. And like Vanilla Sky? And yes, and there was Vanilla Sky where it runs into Times Square and there's not a single car on the road. I was walking through Times Square and I would see three or four people um throughout you know the entire eight block or whatever it is but uh but on the highways all around the city nobody out there one night this is this is actually kind of wild one night driving uh in queens or brooklyn and somebody whizzed by me i was probably doing a good 75 uh not super fast but fast for the road and this guy whizzed by me came up behind me flashing his lights uh, flip right around me and then like 15 minutes later we're driving passed by this car engulfed in flames and I don't know what he did but he, uh, he didn't crash so I don't know if the car just caught on fire from it being redlined or, or what the hell happened but, uh, but that was just wild and there was not a traffic jam and this was on the LIE so there was no traffic jam around this car, just smooth sailing, and the thing was engulfed in flames, which is just. What car was it? Uh, it was like a, uh, it was a white BMW or Acura or something. Uh, I, I have a dad blurry video of it, but. Uh, oh. But yeah, just just why I don't know if it was if, if he was in like Tiptronic mode and not shifting or, or I don't know what the hell happened, so. Um, but what else we have on third world countries? Because I think fracking would be another another good future. Yeah, I don't know. You guys are in New York City right now. What's it like living in a third world country? Uh, a lot of homeless. A lot of people asking for things. And just well, I think <clears throat> I think that's what it is. You have the you still have a lot of the the wealthy has left the city. Yeah. Uh, a lot of internationals have have left. You know, anywhere else you can go, you're going to have more space than you do here. Um, but even the middle class in New York is is still they make a lot of money compared to the rest of the country and probably compared to the rest of the world. And then your poor and homeless and drug using population, the drug using population is getting out of control. And then your your uh, your I don't want to say lower class, but uh, no, no, you're, you're working class in New York um, are really running the city. And that's why you see, I mean, it's, it's been happening for a while. They're your biggest voter base. Um, and that's why you see the legislation leaning uh, the way it is. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, when I walk out of here, I'll probably pass um, 15, 20 homeless people on this block and maybe a couple of some tents and stuff set up. Uh, I, I may walk home just to see what the scene looks like. Then again, the the other part about it as well that the wind we have the winter and it's one of the coldest winters that you can probably imagine. So in the winter, yeah, there's not a lot of homeless people out there because they either migrate to the south or something, or I don't know, they find a place to stay. Probably. So I don't see a lot of uh, homeless in the winter. So now that we're getting into that stage of you know that time of the year. Uh, what's going to happen with the homeless? Well, Are they going to stay? Still the problem, or? the problem may solve itself. The homeless may leave the streets, and then over the winter time, 
the business people come back in, the students come back in. The biggest thing I saw with the homeless people taking over the streets is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, but people are, you know, some random guy walking down the street isn't going to put up with, with you sitting in the middle of the street if that's his, the pathway that he's walking through. He's going to step over your head or, you know, before you know it, a few people are going to step over you and you're going to get a heel to the to the cheek. And then you're going to be like, fuck this, you know, or you're going to fight back. But either way, there's so much foot traffic on the streets, typically, that you're not sitting in the middle of the sidewalk or laying in the sidewalk or in front of a store laying down on the sidewalk because people are coming in and out of the store. The store is opening up. Now there's a lot of closed stores. So that may still contribute to the problem. But when there's foot traffic on the streets, there's nowhere for you to be. There's so much foot traffic, um, which is why people here hate tourists because they walk slow, they stop abruptly, and that's a big problem here. It's one of the things that is happening in Barcelona, actually. The, uh, the actual people that live in Barcelona are like, thank God this happened. There are no more tourists. We can actually enjoy, enjoy our city and things like that. That doesn't happen here in New York because we actually need tourists to actually keep us going. Barcelona needs it too. Barcelona is a heavily yeah, tourist city. You know, they're like, oh, we can still survive and whatever, whatever, whatever. Here in New York, we're literally, we need students to come back to the city and rent apartments in the city. We still need people to, you know. Well, we, we make yeah. a lot of money through yeah. tourism. Yeah. Uh, and the MTA, the MTA is really, really fucked. Um, to the point that they don't even give a fuck about the fact that there's people that they don't, they don't buy Metro cars anymore. They just they just well, the cop, the cops, are, cops aren't doing yeah, it. Exactly. So, and what are they gonna do if you don't have any more money to spend on a metro? Car, what makes you think that that person has money to pay a fine? That's yeah, exactly correct. And the police aren't coming at them anyway. So, yeah. um, but uh, now let's let's jump out to the fun side of a third world country. How were you treated in a third world country? <laughs> uh, no, definitely, as long as you're tipping and, and for the most part, um. For the most part, uh, on the trip, I did pretty well. A friend of mine lived in Mexico for a little while. I hit her up on Instagram. I was like, hey, anything? Yeah, I don't know where you remind me where you were, but uh, anything I should know about Tulum? What should I be doing? Uh, how are the police? If I go into the, uh, the center of the city, is it dangerous? And she's like, the police really have the tourists back because they know how much money tourism brings in. And I will tell you, Tulum, it's expensive. Cleans the fuck up. Their 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 prices are just as much, if not more, in some places than Manhattan. Um, That's another thing as well. This is a, a tip for everybody that wants to travel to any third world country. If you're white and you look like you're white, always find somebody else. Always find a guy. Because if I go to uh, Brazil and I don't know the language because they speak Portuguese, they don't speak Spanish, and they realize that I'm you know, not from Brazil, they'll be like, okay, he's a tourist. Let's charge him a little bit more. They will charge you more. It happens in Ecuador as well. If you go to Ecuador and you go to a store, they will charge you a different price compared to an Ecuadorian. And at some point they will even ask you, can I have your, your ID or whatever? Yeah. And like, why? I'm Ecuadorian. Like, no, I need your ID. Just go check. Because they, 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 they hear you speaking in a different way or they hear you speaking English and they go like, oh, they're from the U.S. They're not from Ecuador. So they're well, just trying a little bit more. One, one thing that's cool when you're not in the U.S. is that for the most part, prices are negotiable in most places. Whereas if you walk into a store 
and you're like, give me this, this, and this. I want to pay this. <laughs> like, get the fuck, get, yeah. get the fuck out of here. But in a lot of other countries, and you can't do this probably as well, or maybe not even if at all, if you're not from there. If I walk into a place and I'm like, ah, I don't want to pay you, they they might give me a little break, but uh, but usually. You can always get around with the but, price. Yeah. Well, it depends, though, because like it, it all depends on how well you can navigate. If you can show the people there that you understand the local customs or whatever, even if they know you're not from there, if you can kind of meet them on their same level, then they'll respect that a lot more. Yeah, but but I think you know, yeah, you'd definitely be taken advantage of if you're if you're yeah, if you're, you're not from there. Exactly. That happens uh, in every single country in South America, and it happens between all of us. Like, yeah. if you go to Peru and they, you don't have the accent of a Peruvian, they'll be like, oh, he's from Ecuador. They have the dollar. They charge them a little bit more. Yeah. You go to Chile and they're like, oh, he doesn't speak Chilean, so they charge them a little bit more. And, you know, it goes all around. It's not like we're a unified continent and be like, okay, we have different currencies, you know. Yeah. Let's just be fair and whatever. Like, you guys here, you have different states that have different length, different ways to talk. But you still charge some the exact same price everywhere. Yeah. Well, I and I will say, even though many prices were listed in pesos, um, I didn't spend a single peso. I uh, on, only dollars. only U.S. dollars. And did you use your card or did you actually uh, spend cash? Both, both. Um, so it definitely, definitely very touristic place. And I noticed the. Uh, I, if I really wanted to, I could look at the receipts, but the rate that they gave me paying in cash changed quite a bit depending on, on where I was. Um, but I was just, I was really surprised at how expensive things were there. I was just king. Yeah, but you know, thinking you're going to Mexico, you're going to get a good deal. No, you do way worse with cash than you do with card. If you if you use a card, you're pretty much always getting the best rate. Yeah, Not in that's, Mexico. That's a, well, that's on the bank. No, trust me on this one, because... Like you're paying if it's twenty pesos or whatever, and you use your card, then your I bank is the I one that's doing the foreign currency translation. Yeah, but they're not charging. Just trust me on this one. Like using your card, you will always get the best possible foreign currency rate. But the thing is that in some places, I'm not saying every place, but in some places they don't charge you in their regular currency. They will charge you in dollars. You know, so it makes it even worse. Uh, right, but if however, you're paying with card, if, they're going to be charging you in local currency. If, they, if like, then again, if they see you as a white person, they go like, "Oh, that person has money just because you're white." If I go to Mexico, they'll be like, "Oh, no, he's one of us," so you know, I can just be there. Like, oh, yeah, but if you're using your card, they won't be like they don't have a they don't have two machines, one that charges in dollars and one that charges in pesos. The only yet. time that you're going to have a price difference is if you're paying in cash dollars, they're going to give you a worse cur currency translation yeah, no, no, because they're no. going to have to do the work to bring that money to the bank and then translate it back to pesos. But if you just run your card on their reader, mm -hmm. then city card or Amex or Visa or whoever is going to be doing the foreign currency translation for you. And you get the, you, you get basically market rate with no which, markup, which on that note, if you're, uh, you're watching this on YouTube, which is, not currently. If you're watching this post production, you're listening on a podcast. You check the links below. Got a great link to an Amex card with great travel benefits. I used it the entire time when I wasn't using cash, which is most of the time. And uh, I also used it on the airplane. And in the airplane, you get I think 200 bucks a year uh, of free. You got over oversized baggage or overweight baggage, uh, extra baggage fee. They comp all of that. 
and it gives you access to the all numbers. the premium lounges. Unfortunately, there was no lounge uh, on the way out and uh, we didn't have time to catch any lounges on, on the way back in. But definitely, I've been into some real nice lounges in some airports in Sweden, really nice lounge. Um, but uh, at Heathrow, they, I think they got a great lounge. I don't know, all over the place, great lounges. By the time you go in, there's free alcohol, there's free uh, free hors d'oeuvres at the lounges. Some of them even have like showers and, and sleeping pods and stuff like that. So definitely check out that link. Uh, I think you get a promo to sign up, some bonus travel points, which the travel points are awesome uh, as well. So uh, look, is there anything else you want to add uh, about some third world countries and traveling to third world countries? No, nah, just need to put a, I put up my burner email address for the people for anybody in California that wants to possibly meet up with me while I uh, while I'm out there. I'm gonna be landing Thursday afternoon and I'll be there. I fly out Tuesday morning, so I'll have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday in California. And what's that email? And I'll throw it in tomorrow. Wayne. Go with uh, get off my lawn 204 at protonmail.com. Okay. Uh, you want Jay's real email that's been published uh, <laughs> on the previous previous podcasts. So um, that's the burner email. I'll check that and then I'll respond to that work. one and give you real, huh? You're in Sacramento, right? Sacramento also be visiting Santa Rosa, the Bay Area, possibly Oakland, and possibly the Tahoe area, but also be spending home base will be Sacramento. All right, very cool. So we're uh, we're gonna sign off. I appreciate you guys joining us. If you haven't already, if you're watching us live, uh, if you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram, you've got to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, anywhere you want to go, tweets, and we're on the podcast as well. So check that out. Uh, all right, guys, I will catch up with you next time and uh, enjoy your evenings. See ya. Yo, all right, you made it all the way to the end. You owe me a like or subscribe. If you already do like or subscribe, tag somebody you know in this podcast, recruit some people, and let me know what you want to hear about. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.